0: welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host Stevie K and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode I bring you The Adventures of Sam Spade, episode titled The Crab Louie Caper, originally aired March 2nd, 1951, where Sam is hired to find out how an Italian crab fisherman was killed. Was it an accident or murder? So sit back and relax and I hope you enjoy this nostalgic mystery radio thank you for listening
1: the national broadcasting company presents the adventures of sam spade detective
2: Buono, buono.
3: I beg your pardon?
2: Swanatil il campanello.
4: Sam,
3: What are you... Nothing
4: at all, sweetheart. I just happen to have the tourist lists of handy Italian phrases before me. North
5: Beach never did that to you before, Sam.
4: North Beach never did anybody like it just did me, F.
5: But I thought you said old Bartolomeo just wanted you to drop by for a friendly talk.
4: And some garlic bread and red wine. But does that explain the knife gash on my coat?
5: Your new tweed.
4: My old tweed now, Cherub. You see, it was never meant to be swum in.
5: The bay... Yes. Not again. What
4: else? By now, your keen feminine instincts should tell you this is not the social call, Wonder Girl. As a matter of fact, I plan to drop by, presto presto, with words unent a little something I call View of Fisherman's Wharf from the Water, or the Crab Louie caper.
1: (laughs) Transcribed for NBC, William Spear, radio's outstanding producer, director of mystery and crime drama, brings you the greatest private detective of them all in The Adventures of Sam Spade. <laughs>
4: zing, 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 ding, 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 ding. Uh, John,
5: though, Sam.
4: Well, bowoning up, huh?
5: <laughs> Let me see now. Oh, um. Great,
4: great. What's it
5: mean? I found my secretary's list of most used Italian phrases, Sam. Mm. It means, um, I want a carburetor for my voiturette.
4: I'll remember that. (laughs) Uh, Shall we proceed with the business at hand? Ready, Sam. They fill it in. To Bartolomeo Maggiore, copy to Lieutenant Rossi, North Beach Division, from Samuel Spade, license number 137596. Subject, the crab Louie Caper. Dear Bartolomeo, Fisherman's Wharf, as you know, is as changeable as an Italian wench. All smiles and laughter of a Saturday night with the lights blazing in the Cipino palazzos and the tourists three deep around the steaming cauldrons outside. But it's something else again of an early dawn. Dark and lonely and quiet, except for the mutter of engines as the crab boats nose out into the fog that hang over the gate. Last night was somewhere in between. The lights were blinking out as I left my cab and walked over to your place of business, a gaudily painted building at the foot of the wharf with a red, yellow, and blue sign reading Museo Maggiore. Curios, souvenirs, waxworks, admission ten cents. Oh, Is it? I'm Sam Spade. Bartolomeo called me. Look. He
5: isn't here. That's grotto at the end of the warp.
4: Thanks. <laughs> Look, is there anything I can... Sorry. Except for Flasky's at the very end, the wharf was dark now. It seemed early as if something had interfered with business as usual, and the late customers had been brushed off a couple hours ahead of time. I peeked through a hole in one of Foskey's window shades and saw why. It looked like the entire population of North Beach was inside.
3: If everyone is ready... Un momento. Who's this? Me? Yes, you.
4: What do you want? I'm Sam Spade, Bartolomeo Majore sent for me.
3: Bartolomeo. Eh? Conceite il Signor Spade? Ah, si, si.
2: Obrigado Jamal, Mr. Spade? You are uh, wondering why you are here? Well, as a matter of fact, I am, Bartolomeo. I thought that... I they... know, I know. It, uh, It's about my son, Louis. My son, my only son. Oh, he's uh, inside? No, no, not oh. inside. Out in the darkness somewhere. Cold and alone. You, uh, you mean he... See, si. Six days now they have searched for his body. Oh, uh, when did it happen? One week today. Crab boat? His boat, the San Felipe... And was he alone when it happened? You detectives, you strike the point. I Louis always, always he fish alone. Until this time. Who went out with him? Dominic Torrio, his friend, Dominic. This gathering is assembled in Dominic's honor, uh, you see. You mean a hearing or something? Something more than that. Come, listen to them.
1: Yeah. A... I'm a sick! In my belly I'm a sick! This opera buffo. Fast, you should sell it the ticket. Keep your temper, Aldo. State facts. Fact, facts, fact, huh? All right, facts. Six years, Louis fishes the crab alone. Each day, he's a layover close the breaker line, and stringing the pot. Each day, he's bringing the son Felipe home, okey-dokey. That's right, everybody. But <laughs> uh, Sure, sure. Until one fine day, uh, Dominique, hit the go with Louis to help. Help! Aldo!
3: Aldo, we must deal in fact!
1: Dominique is surprended! Basti is the truth! He's a king, Louis! Joe is the king, Louis! And you know why? Because he's the one to Rosalia! That's why!
2: You See how it is. Who's Rosalia? You must have seen her at the museo. museum. Yes, with reason. Next week she and my Louis were to be married tough. You think this Dominic was in love with her, maybe? I think nothing, senor. Two men, friends, alone in a boat in a heavy fault. One of them dies, the other says it is an accident. It is not for us to think or make guesses. Say, what am I supposed to do? In the records of the police, senor, my Louis died in an accident. Mm -hmm. In the hearts of his friends, he was murdered. For my sake, for Dominic's... For the sake of us all, we must know the truth. Mm. For this, I prefer to employ one who is professional and impartial. Come. Yeah. We go in. I don't believe it. Oh, no, a... Believe me, before heaven I'm oh,
3: silencio! Once again, Dominic, how far was the boat from Seal Rocks? Oh, 100 yards, I think. How could tell in I heard the
1: break. Oh, he's
3: Silencio! Let Dominic tell the story. Go on now. You had dropped the last crab pot over the side.
6: Then? uh, Something went wrong with the motor. Louis told me to look at it. I went below, then it happened. Louis was leaning over the gunwale. We untangled a float, and the sea took us by the stern. We broached. I saw him go over and plunge into the white water. I brought the boat about then. For two hours, I yelled, I circled around, I blew the whistle, everything. Then the coast guard came. Fosky, I swear it. That's all I know. I never saw ah, you yet. Silencio. Silencio.
3: My brothers, it was your will that I sit here in judgment of Dominic Torrio. Before I go on, are there any more questions you have to ask him? Questions. Uh, questions are there any among you who have evidence to offer against him? So be it. You know as well as I, there is only one verdict here. The charge is dismissed. The court is adjourned.
4: Everyone was still for a second, like a big tableau. Fosky, white-haired and dignified on the platform, looking down at Dominic. And the rest of them all on their feet now, boring holes through him with their eyes. He was the first to move, turning slowly, walking out through the crowd toward the door. Looking tentatively from face to face, knowing now he hadn't been acquitted at all, as one by one they turned their backs on him. I felt terribly sorry for Dominic, until he walked past me and I got a look at his face, at his eyes. In my racket, I see that look more often than the next guy. I never saw it any clearer than I did now. It was fear and hatred and guilt. So I left you talking to Fasque Bartolomeo, and walked back down to the wharf, to the museo. Rosalia. Rosa.
5: I told you Bartolomeo is not here. I've
4: seen Bartolomeo. I want to talk to you. Sit down. I don't want to... Sit down.
5: Oh.
4: That's a good girl. It was quite a place, the museo. A catch-all for everything nautical you'd run across in 60-odd years of living on the sea or next to it. From a ten-foot shark pickled in formaldehyde to a life-size figure of Captain Kidd complete with drawn sword, lace cuffs and treasure chest at his feet next to the door. I turned back to Rosalia sitting on a rum keg under a flickering hurricane lamp, the only light in the room.
5: What do you want of me?
4: Bartolomeo wants the truth about what happened on the San Felipe.
5: They're deciding that at the meeting.
4: They already did.
5: They did? You mean Dominic... How did they decide?
4: Dismiss the charges. No evidence, no witnesses. It was the only thing Fosky could do. You feel better?
5: It uh, doesn't bring back my Louis.
4: No, it doesn't. Dominic's gone free now from both the law and his people. No vengeance for Louis. Why were you crying when I came by tonight?
5: Haven't I the right to cry with my Louis? Drop it. Huh?
4: Why didn't you go to the meeting, afraid to give yourself away?
5: I didn't feel like it, that's all.
4: You're a Sicilian, Rosalia. Vengeance is pretty important to you. If you'd loved Louis, you'd have been in there screaming for Dominic's scalp.
5: You shut your mouth.
4: But no, you sat home crying, not for Louis, but for Dominic, right? How long had it been going on? Did you know Dominic was going to kill him when they put out in the San philippe
5: Why would Dominic kill him?
4: Well, that's a stupid question. He's in love with you.
5: <laughs> in love with me. <laughs> in love with me. Drop
4: it. Drop it, Rosalie.
5: In love with me? Oh, I wish it were so. Huh? He killed for me. Is that what they say? It's all very flattering. Very. I love Dominic. I've always loved Dominic since I was a little girl. I threw myself at Dominic. And I begged him to marry me. That's not easy for a girl to do, Mr. Spade. I begged him and I promised to work for him, to be a slave. you know what he did? He laughed and he spit upon me. And you... You stand there and you tell me that he murdered for the love of me. He wouldn't walk across the street. All
4: right, all right. Take it easy now. Come on. Take it easy.
5: So, so I do the silly woman thing. I, I promise myself to Louis. To crazy Louis. To a madman. Crazy? You don't believe that, huh? Louis the Great, your campione. A champion of the crab fisherman who dares to fish right on the breaker line. Catches more crab than anyone else. Louis the Fearless. Do you know why he's fearless? He's too crazy to be afraid.
4: What do you mean? He
5: mutters. He he talks to himself of great riches, of thousands of dollars, of him and me. Louis the crab fisherman and me, living in the finest house in North Beach. When was this? Last week. He went up in Bartolomeo's attic one night and he came down with a big hunk of his raw wax from the waxworks. Mitresor, he called it. A stupid lump of wax. And he held it up before me, soaked. And he says with a mad gleam in his eye, from this, Rosalia, from this, I will carve for us the biggest, finest house you can dream of. Here, look.
4: What's Captain Kidd got to do?
5: Well, he puts it in the treasure chest. See? Hmm? You will keep this a secret, Rosalia, he says, if you love me. And he laughs again like a madman. Me love Louis Maggiore? I hated him. <laughs> too
4: good to be phony. The triangle notion had to go. You could hardly blame Rosalia for thinking he was crazy, and the treasure chest was a hunk of tallow, not a very fresh hunk at that. And Louie's routine with it must have hit her like the graveyard scene from Hamlet. Therefore, having no theory, nor evidence, nor witnesses, I also had no motive. As always, in situations like this, I did the sensible thing. I went home and went to bed.
6: Or I thought I went to bed. Hello? Spade? Yeah, I got a tip for you. Find yourself a nice, dirty divorce case somewhere and stay out on North Beach.
4: Well, this almost sounds like a threat.
6: Call it advice. There's a hundred bucks in the mail for you. You'll get it this morning.
4: Plus a bribe? A gift. Can I keep it if I don't play?
6: If you don't play, you won't need it.
4: Hmm. I uh, suppose it's useless to ask who this is.
6: Louis Maggiore. Say that again. Louis Maggiore, shall I spell it?
4: You might explain it.
6: You talk to Rosalia, figure it out for yourself.
4: Sure, sure. So she never loved you, and you knew it. So you go over the side when the coma hits, swim ashore, then discover they think you're dead and decide to leave it that way rather than go through with a wedding. You've got it. I got more. So life without Rosalia in North Beach is impossible. You can't face the shame and loose talk that goes with a busted wedding. So you're going over the hill and find a new life for yourself.
6: Wait a minute, Spade. Oh,
4: there's more, there's more. So you're tossing over a car, a bank account, a boat worth $7,000. Walking out on your old man to say nothing of three years apprenticeship and six years of hard work to get where you are. I understand perfectly. And you're being a little insulting. I make a lot of my dough with my big flat feet. But I do make some of it with my head. Now try again.
6: You don't believe I'm Louis Maggiore?
4: That is the general idea. And it might surprise you to know that five minutes ago, I was ready to chuck the whole antipasto. Now I'm back in with both feet. What's with the music
6: box? Nothing. Tell me, would you know Louis if you saw him?
4: I've seen his picture.
6: Fine. I guess I'll have to prove it to you. If I satisfy you, I'm Louie Will you stay home?
4: Scout's honor. Now, where do we prove it?
6: You know Castellani's grotto?
4: Halfway out in the wharf? Yeah.
6: There's a ramp running around behind it. I'll see you there in a half hour.
4: I know just what you're going to say, Bartolomeo, but I didn't go alone. Roscoe was right there with me, with his safety off. It was the kind of fog San Francisco puts on once a year for the tourists, just to nail down its position as runner-up to London. I had to feel my way along the row of dark chowder houses to Castellani's. Except for the foghorn and the lapping of the water below, there wasn't a sound. The only cheerful thing in the picture was Roscoe, who was now out of my pocket at the ready. I eased up to the corner of Castellani's. There was an alley between it and the next building, leading around on the ramp over the water. Spade. I could see the glow of his cigarette first. Then I made him out in a slouch hat and overcoat. He was standing at the rail. Spade. Right here.
6: Well, you satisfied now?
4: I'll let you know. I moved out from the side of the building and walked toward him. He must have known about Roscoe because he didn't move, just let me come right up next to him. I was stupid, sure, but it wouldn't have worked for him except for the fog. Two feet away, I saw what I thought was Louie was a booby trap. The hat and overcoat were slung over a piling with a burning cigarette on the rail next to one of the sleeves. I rolled to one side just in time. The knife slashed through the padding on my left shoulder and he was on me. Roscoe went into the brink and I took on the arm with a knife with my two hands and 32 teeth. Unhappily, overlooking a spare foot, he knew what to do with I went through the railing like an silent version of the sea wolf, arriving thus in the limpid and soothing waters of San Francisco Bay. At the moment, I was not sorry.
1: You are listening to the weekly adventure of radio's most famous detective, Sam Spade. <laughs> chimes mean good times on NBC. Sunday, Theater Guild on the Air presents one of the greatest dramatic undertakings in the history of radio. It's a full hour-and-a-half adaptation of Shakespeare's masterpiece, Hamlet. The immortal lines and matchless beauty of Hamlet come to life Sunday with John Gielgud, Dorothy McGuire, and Pamela Brown in Theater Guild on the Air. And a reminder, this Sunday also means another gala broadcast of The Big Show. And now back to the Crab Louie Caper, tonight's adventure with Sam Spade.
4: Wetting my finger and holding it up in the wind, I quickly determined where north was and just as quickly decided there was no percentage in swimming the Golden Gate. A bright blur on my starboard bow called to mind the old saying, where there's a light, there's light, so I headed there. Three strokes this side of exhaustion, I pulled up at what proved to be a landing with a Jacob's Ladder, at the top of which I found the rear entrance to Foskey's, or more accurately, Foskey's private office. The door was open. Huh? Oh. I'm Sam Spade. I've been swimming, if you're wondering.
3: What told me about you. He didn't say you were crazy. Well,
4: maybe he didn't know. You uh, wouldn't have a brandy lying around loose, would you?
3: Well, sure. Sit
4: down. Thanks. I uh, think I saw Louis tonight.
3: Louis? Impossible.
4: Where? Behind Castellani's. Yeah. Bust you, Foskey. <laughs> oh, hit me again, will you?
3: Yeah, but uh, what about Louis? He called me
4: up. Said he'd meet me there. Just tried to knife me.
3: Oh, but, but it's impossible. And is it? Why would
4: he play dead? And why would he try to kill you? Maybe he's crazy. How do you mean? You've heard of the dear old lady who had the trunk full of pancakes, haven't you?
3: Hmm?
4: Louis saves old tallow. Captain Kidd's treasure chest at the museo is full of it.
3: Who told you this?
4: Rosalia showed it to me.
3: May I Uh, help yourself?
4: Thanks. Might be a good idea to call another meeting and tell the people. Make it easier for Dominic.
3: (laughs) Funny... Of the whole meeting here, I alone doubted his guilt.
4: Good thing they made you the judge, or he might be six feet under by now. Got a cigarette?
3: In the box there, next to the phone. Thanks.
4: Yeah, I, uh, I went right along with him, too. Shows how wrong you can be when... When what? When you, uh, when you go by emotions and not by evidence. This is, uh,
3: quite a cigarette box. <laughs> yes, it stops when you put it down. Hmm? Well... I uh, suppose now you'll
4: drop your assignment? Sure, sure. I'm a detective, not a psychiatrist. You've got a lunatic running around, that's your problem. Good night, Fosky, and thanks for the brandy. If Roscoe had been along, I might have played it differently. But when you're sitting across a coffee table from a guy you suddenly realize has the wet cement already, you do what I did make polite noises and concentrate on getting out on two feet. It was seven to three, Dominic was stashed in a handy closet listening to the whole thing, which was handy since the next obvious move was his room in a house on Jefferson Street, a rooming house owned and operated by a four-cossage bosom-type lady known as Mama Luca.
5: Oh, senor, I don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. You're
4: scared, Mama. Did Dominic threaten you?
5: No, no, don't ask me. Look, I, I... look,
4: he killed Louis Maggiore. I gotta know why.
5: I don't know why. I don't know nothing about it.
4: Louis came here?
5: Yes, Yes, Louis came here the night before it happened. Why? I don't know. He was all excited. A handful of wax. Wax? You know. What about it? He showed it to Dominique, and they go into his room and talk, and then he, he ran off to send a telegram.
4: Telegraph office, huh? Well, since it's official business, I can let you read the office copy. Here, yeah. this message just came in tonight. Mm. Dominic Torrio. Regarding your inquiry, analysis of samples sent here by Louis Maggiore, highly promising. If quality uniform and weight correct, would estimate value minimum $60,000. Hartley Associates, Vancouver, B.C. A lump of smelly stuff that looked like old tallow picked out of the ocean and worth $60,000 was a strong enough clue for even stupid Sam to pick up. I left the telegraph office on the double and pulled up at the Museo Maggiore ten minutes later.
3: Blasted lock is jammed.
4: He was too busy to notice me. I slid a marlin spike out of a rack next to the rum keg.
3: Locked. Must be locked.
4: I hate to do this, Fosky.
1: Uh, wait a minute, mate. Wait a...
4: The next voice you'll hear will be the nurse with a breakfast tray. Bartolomeo
3: Yes, Pat.
2: What have you...
4: Look. What? What have you done? His honor was playing Pandora with Captain Kidd's treasury. The treasure box? Yeah. But why? Who is it? Who? Fosky. Surprised? Fusky? Why would he, of all people... He likes a buck as well as the next one. Possibly even more, when there are 60,000 of them. 60,000 dollars? Yeah. Is he mad? Like a fox. Here, let me pry this cover off. <laughs> There. What is this? Well, it may not look like much to you and me, but to a perfume manufacturer, it's prettier than the Venus de Milo. Tadlo? Ambergris. It's what happens when a whale gets a tummy ache. Louis must have run onto it ten days ago. Madre mía, $60,000. Yeah. That's the big why of it, Bartolomeo. What now? You think fast. Faschi... He won't talk, neither will Dominic. It's their next, and they know it.
2: Still two men alone in a fog in a boat. See, si. There were only a witness... There was a witness. Hmm? The eye of God was on Dominic when he did it. And the judgment of God is swift and is sure. Dominic knows it. You think so? I know Dominic. Why do you ask? There's a way to find out. What time
4: is it? A past one. There's time. Where do you keep your razor? Razor? Yeah. I'm going to shave Captain Kidd. Which I did, finishing around 2 a.m. And during the next three hours, I got wet, cold, and seasick and the order named, but made it back to the museo in time for a couple of stiff horns of grappa before you and I hustled down to the wharf where Dominic was picking
6: up bait for his crab nets. Dominic? Huh? Oh, the Mayo And the Signor Spade. I remember Mr. Spade.
4: Yeah, last night in back at Castellani's. I don't
6: know what, what you're talking, you're talking about.
4: about. Sure, Dominic.
2: It's all a horrible mistake.
6: Lay off me, will you? Herbert Foskey said, didn't you? They dropped the charges. I'm innocent. They cleared me.
2: That's just why we're here. We we want to make it up to you, my boy. What's in your mind?
4: You did Louis a great favor, Dominic. When his 32 crab pots got too much for him to handle, you went along to help him. Today, we're going along to help you. Now, uh, when do we cast off? There's a float up ahead.
2: What color? Yellow
4: and red. That's yours, Dominic? That's mine. Great, great. Pull up alongside. Well? What's this all about? I told you, Dominic. You're we're lying.
6: Going... What are you trying to do? Break me down? He's dead in an accident. You hurt with plastic. Yeah, said? yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget it, Dominic. Forget it. We love you like a brother. I, I told the truth. I told the truth. What are you trying to do? Torture me? Is that what you want? Revenge? No.
2: The matter is in other hands now.
6: What?
2: You mean? There is always one witness, isn't there, Dominic?
6: Oh. oh. That's what you mean, huh? Is that why you came to tell me that? <laughs> That's a good one. Hold the wheel, Spade. I'll bait my net. I'll spit in your eye one day, old man. One day when you get smart. You and a whole lousy we war. We both watched him hold the line he playing it on me. the deck, patting to himself like a little kid whistling in the dark.
4: He was a lousy actor, pale under his sunburn and drenched with I sweat. I won't
6: let you forget up it, it Al.
4: Coil by I got coil. Something to prove to then me. it began to come slower. And
6: make it stick. When I can prove it in court, I'll sue you till you bleed.
4: I'll...
6: Hey, what's the matter here?
4: What's pulling on this line? Maybe it's your conscience, Dominic. It's,
6: it's heavy. It's.
2: What? The it's... Lord moves in strange ways.
6: Hey, can't get it up. I... Let me help you.
2: There we go. One.
3: To... Oh! Up! <laughs> Louis! Get away from me! Let me go! Louis! No!
4: I hauled Louis up onto the deck, and a grisly sight he was, too, with a knife still sticking in his back. I figured that that was where Dominic would put it, and I was right. Not that it mattered, because Dominic wasn't thinking logically from the moment he saw Louis's body tangled in his crab line. He sang us all 50 verses then and there and repeated them for the police stenographer later when we got him to headquarters. It looks like a first-degree rap for both him and Foskey, but I'm waiting till it happens before telling him the corpse was Captain Kidd, minus beard and ruffles. Period. End of report. Sam,
5: again and again I rediscover you.
4: And each time a new facet, a new thrill.
5: You're just... Wonderful.
4: It's true, true. But it pleases me to hear it from you, F. And so I propose to reward you in a fitting manner. First... Back salary? Tut, tut, a carburetor for your voiciurette. And second... Back salary? Ten free tickets to the Museo Maggiore. Third...
5: Back salary?
4: An invitation to accompany me, your employer, to browse upon two bowls of cioppino tonight at Castellani's. And fourth... I give up. Back salary. Sam! Count it, girl. Count it and bless you. The watcherette, complete with carburetor, will call at your door in precisely one hour. Until then, then...
5: Good night, Sam.
4: Good night, sweetheart.
1: Three chimes mean good times on NBC. You're invited to a one-hour concert tomorrow by the renowned NBC Symphony under the direction of noted conductor Wilfred Pelletier. Featured soloist on tomorrow's symphony performance is Helen Traubel. For the world's greatest music, hear the NBC Symphony tomorrow and every Saturday. Tonight's transcribed adventure of Sam Spade was produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade was played by Stephen Dunn. Lorreen Tuttle is Effie. Script for tonight's adventure by Harold Swanton. Musical scoring by Lud Gluskin, conducted by Robert Armbruster. Join us again next week, same time, for another adventure with Sam Spade. Through the years, the Red Cross has helped the victims of disaster and helped protect the health of our nation. Today, with the country rising to meet the challenge of possible aggression, the Red Cross has been asked by the government to undertake additional tremendous tasks. A goal of $85 million must be reached during the 1951 Red Cross campaign. This year, when you support the Red Cross, you'll be helping to mobilize for the defense of our nation. Join the magnificent Montague, then it's Duffy's Tavern on NBC.